Welcome to the show where three friends rate, debate, and investigate the films you'll love to see and hate to see. This is You'll Love to See It. Welcome to You Love to See It. My name is Zach Aid, and I am joined today by my two friends, Eric Zhu. Hello. And <laughs> Caleb Runman. Howdy. Today, we are going to be doing episode zero of our first podcast, You Love to See It. And uh, before we get going and talk about uh, all the movies that we've rated over the past few months that we're excited to share today... We are going to introduce ourselves. So I'll start first. My name is Zach Aid. I am a sophomore at Pomona College. I am a potential computer science major. And my letterbox handle, which we'll talk about more later, is just Zachary Aid. So, yeah. Rated for the past couple months. <laughs> this conspiracy goes back years. <laughs> Literally. We have been writing okay. movies for years. That's it's true. Been years. It's been a year and a month. Exactly. I think my letterbox has been a date. year and a month as well. Really? It's been it happened when you when uh, when I first met hmm. you actually. Maybe. Okay. I'm Eric, sophomore at Pomona, cog sci, cognitive science, media studies double major. Wow. And uh, <laughs> you love to see it. You do love to see it. You love to Fucking see those love. double. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We can, we, that's a cut moment. <laughs> we'll just keep rolling, Caleb. <laughs> Wait, hey Eric, what is your le- where can I find you on Letterboxd? Oh, oh, glad you asked. Um, I would actually be ERZA2018 or you can search me by name Eric Zoo. I'm a little bit of a celebrity on there. <laughs> the one and only Eric Zoo. I am the only Eric Zoo. Wow. That's hard to, that's hard to believe. I feel like there'd be a lot of Eric Zoos <laughs> in the world. Uh, my name is Caleb Brunman. I am likewise a sophomore at this here Pomona College. Uh, possible media studies major, possible theater major, philosophy. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, you can find me at letterbox.com slash CB. Beautiful. CB. CB. Concise. There's no way that's your letterbox that's handle. That's my letterbox How did you get CB? I did some regrettable you just know things. The... <laughs> I did some, some dirty, dirty you, things. You just know the owner of Letterbox, don't you? And so you were just Caleb flew to New there. Zealand and did unspeakable horrors to the team there. <laughs> oh, my God. Was it worth it? Well, of course. You yes. got the yes, username, of course. How many followers you got now? Oh, I upwards of 50. I Really? I, I, liked it. I think I, liked I might have, things. like, three, so you're doing better than me. Wow. It's a competition now because I do not have 50. I'm at 38. You'll get there. 55. Caleb's at 54. You. Well, I mean, he's the OG, right? He is the OG. <laughs> All right. Well, so we've been talking about letterbox handles, but real quick, I guess, just for those who don't know, um, do you want to explain what letterbox is, Eric? Just like what we do with it? And... Well, don't mind if I do. You love to see it. <laughs> um, it is a social media movie logging platform where you can log the movies you watch, review them, read other people's reviews, add friends, make lists. And have a good time. And of course, rate them. And rate them. Oh well, as we'll rate, be discussing debate, today. and investigate. 
actually well, that's what rate this implies for. review. Oh, you're you're right. No, it's pretty. You know, I was introduced <laughs> Wait, to Letterbox. Review implies rate. <laughs> Either way, <laughs> I was introduced about a year ago to Letterbox, um, and before I had. You know, I had enjoyed watching movies, and I had kind of had opinions about movies, like I feel like most, you know, audience uh, do about the movies they see. But, like, I never had a platform to, like, actually rate movies. And so I, I actually... Sponsor us. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, please sponsor us, Letterboxd. <laughs> no, I actually really enjoy it. Um, and it's been a lot of fun, especially because we now can argue, which we'll be doing today, about, you know, our kind of top movies and our movies that are kind of at the very bottom of the barrel <laughs> what do you mean this is just gonna be afternoon tea we're gonna be you know, chatting about we're gonna we're gonna be talking about all kinds of movies uh, <clears throat> some of the best of the best and uh some of the worst of the worst <laughs> but i mean so today we're gonna be going through just uh letterbox uses a five star rating system and you can rate anywhere between zero to five stars and uh With half star intervals half star intervals that is correct um and so we're just going to go through today, we thought for a good intro episode, we would go through just kind of like what movies settle in our zero to one star range, our one to two range, et cetera, going up to five stars. And we'd probably debate some of them because, you know, we don't have the same tastes in movies. Unfortunately, Dabble my, in all my, of our my two other friends bit. here have a very poor taste in film, especially when it comes well, to one in particular. Episode, I, think, I think you I, might be convinced. After I think this I think you can uh, pick your favorite. I think uh, pick your favorite host here. I think most people would agree that some of the films that these two will be bringing up are very properly overrated. So if we have listeners. If we have, send in some angry comments. It might I, just be. I want some hate mail in my life. Please. <laughs> it may just be like our parents sending in hate mail for the first few episodes, but you know, what are parents for? Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, other than to listen to our podcasts that no one else will yet. And send hate mail. And send hate mail. Well, I guess do you guys want want to jump right into it? I mean, we already talked about a lot of these, but I mean, I guess we'll just start in uh, movies that consist um that live in the zero to one star range so movies that essentially the one star the one star <laughs> things that movies that we just one star do one not star. like or just you know it, you just hate to see them you know <laughs> so uh caleb you want to start off i have a movie that you have a movie. i just uh did not enjoy very much i just for this whole list i i tried to select movies that i think a lot of people seen uh and this is one that uh, almost that that shattered records. That that compared to other movies that have been seen, this one's been seen a heck of a lot. And that would be Avengers: Infinity oh War. Oh my God! I knew you were gonna start off one with one star. Avengers: Infinity War. <laughs> oh my! God. I knew this was coming. This but is not this. <laughs> Avengers: Infinity War. We're gonna start this argument. We're gonna start is not a one with uh, with some with a with a with a warmer take here. Yeah, it's not a warm. It's a hot take. Avengers: Infinity War is not a one star movie. What did you like about Avengers: Infinity War, Zach? I loved a lot about Avengers: Infinity War. I thought the way they were able to wrap all the characters from the universe together in one movie was. I thought it was pretty well done. Were they able to though? See, that's that's something that I just. Despise. What did what did you not like about it? Well, I thought. Mm -hmm. Speaking of characters, uh, they they stuffed in about forty Avengers into that movie, and they just didn't have the space for them all. They didn't know how to deal with all that weight, and what happened as a result was that 
the characters really lost their personalities. The 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 ideas, the actions that define them in previous uh, Marvel films were gone, and instead they were just washed away. And all you could see were, was the costume, was the face, but the the actual heart of the characters I felt was frequently lost. And I don't think that was a worthy trade, uh, f- fitting in all these characters in just to have their identities wiped. Uh, that really, it just it didn't make me care about the movie. Also, uh, I think for most of the runtime, it was just a horrible, horrible formula of set up a fight scene, have a fight scene that is shoddily edited uh, at best. Have a fight scene, or set up a fight scene, have a fight scene on repeat over and over and over again with these characters that were hard to root for because they didn't have the personalities that you originally fell in love with. I, I can see that. And, you know, I don't I don't know how much I disagree. Uh, I know Eric agrees with you. I know Eric, um, this was probably one of his lower rated movies. Did, what, did you give it a star as well? It's one and a half. One and a half. Okay. Generous. And I, I, you know, to be honest, you know, look it up. What did I give it? I think I might have given it at least a three. Three stars. A three star. I, I think, you know, and I, uh, this movie I saw before I actually started getting into, you know, kind of really rating movies on Letterboxd. And I think the reason is, you know, that's the one Marvel movie I actually have never rewatched. And I think that says a lot about it because it has very low rewatchability. Absolutely. I, I, I do agree that it's just like you you kind of just feel like, especially if you've seen it once, you're like, you know what's going to happen. And you know that these fight scenes just fail again and again and again. And you're not really getting much out of it. But I think at the time I was just very complicit to the fact that it's a Marvel movie. So it's got to be good. And, you know, I'm more impressed by the fact that you've watched every single one. <laughs> I no, I, I think I well, <laughs> some of them were hard to get through again, uh, which I will be mentioning you're here me in a you minute. You Thor: The Dark well, World twice. <laughs> well, uh, we're gonna get to that in a second, but uh, you know what? I I can't disagree with you too much. I don't know if it's deserving of a half or a one star, but it. I'll tell you what, it's got to be in the in the top or the the lowest five Marvel movies for sure. Maybe think- lowest three. I think going back to it, the worst part of it is just the fact, like what Caleb said, like the formulaic part, it's just like after a while, it's just not very interesting. Like, I think that's what, like, and especially I think now in retrospect, if you compare it to something like Endgame, like, I mean, it just course, makes Infinity yeah. War look even worse. I mean, it, that's, that's a hundred percent true. Mm-hmm. I, you know what, you know what, it, it feels, it feels like, and, and a lot of movies have done this, uh, I feel like, you know. Some of them it makes obvious sense, like The Hobbit. You know, you have like the three movies. You have a, you have a big movie split over three movies, or you have Hunger Games three movies split. Or you know, a good example for this is almost like Mockingjay. Um, I very much dislike Mockingjay Part One, and I thought it was a terrible movie on its own. But I thought connected to Part Two, it was good, and I almost feel like Infinity War almost is just could have been cut down so much more and bid almost Absolutely. added on yeah. to Endgame, even though Endgame was already three hours long. So I challenge I challenge anyone to explain to me the plot of Infinity War more than they came together and half of them died. <laughs> like, yeah, spoiler alert, by the way. I literally could not explain it, it a also, single plot point that yeah. happened in that movie. It was, uh, and it was just a horribly long experience to, to to culminate in an ending that you knew was going to next film yeah well you know what actually on that topic we're already here 
Um, I, I, you know, I'm not going to skip. I don't mean to skip Eric. I know we're going to come back. And some of his movies might be similar too. Some of the ones that I have on here um, actually relate only because you know what they all have in common is that they're superhero movies. All three of my lowest rated movies are all somehow connected to superheroes. And they are Fantastic Four, the one that came out with Chris Evans in the, hey, the mid early 2000s. Um, Suicide Squad, which is getting a remake by uh, James Gunn. That was an awful movie. I, I went in there and I remember thinking, God, like the first sound, like the first song that pops up the movie, I'm like, oh, this is this is an 80s rock song. I'm ready for a good movie. One of the most disappointing movies I've ever seen. Totally played. <laughs> I think that literally, I think that movie is like an hour and a half of exposition and then like 15 minutes It's of just plot. awful. Like, <laughs> it's the plot, ridiculous. I, I never, I don't know what I expected to be honest, but I definitely did not expect this whole witch supernatural aspect of Suicide Squad. It, it, to me, it ruined the movie. I just thought it was so unbelievably unrealistic, even though, you know, we it's hard to talk about realism when you're talking about superhero <laughs> movies. But it, it just... The plot seems so ridiculous that I, I couldn't get into it. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that's probably low on both of your guys' rating list. I don't know. I don't if... know what I have it as. Yeah, I, I gave it uh, to believe, and it wasn't very good. I think it, uh, it starts with the script, as most do, or as all movies do, yeah. I should say. Uh, but the script was just especially poor. Uh, poor dialogue. Poor ex or an overload of exposition just it wasn't it wasn't an exciting experience they didn't they didn't no, give it, you it the thrills wasn't. that they they had the opportunity to do and that's really all that i think most audience members wanted and they Watch could not your mouth as you're talking about oscar winning film suicide Squad. <laughs> it oscar did win an oscar it did well you know and we're going to talk about anticipating uh, anticipated films uh, later on but i i'm 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 curious to see what james gunn does with the new one you know, it's I, I, I almost just wish the first one never existed in the first place. Um, but unfortunately, I'm going to go into the new one that comes out in a few years with very low expectations because I the first one was just so disappointing. Uh, but before Eric goes, and uh, I'm sure you have more, Caleb, I just the last one on my zero to one star list was one that Eric actually already mentioned. And that was Thor Dark World, probably, in my opinion, the worst Marvel movie that exists. That movie I fell asleep through halfway through. I, I, that, the dialogue in that movie, the, the plot line, like, I mean, obviously those are the two biggest parts of any movie, the dialogue and the plot, but it, it was just awful. And that, and that was before, I guess, they, Marvel had that long, you know, big plan, I think. It was just, it was just not a good movie. I, I couldn't watch it. It's probably in my, I think it might be the worst Marvel movie, you know, and, and I don't know if you, if you think it's even lower than Infinity War, but. I've had the good fortune of staying away from Thor The Dark World. <laughs> just a bad so... one. It, to be honest, I think the first, I'll continue on that trajectory. Yeah, to be honest, the first one's not great either. I think the Thor movies are the ones they messed up the most on uh, for any of the character kind of introduction movies. But Eric, what do you, you got? What else you got on your list? I know I might have stolen a few of them. No, you didn't actually. You, ha you I did didn't. Not. Okay, that's good. I don't have. I do have one hot take. One hot take in my one star. Uh -oh. But I'm, I'll start with the cold take. Okay, start with the and cold. And this take. is an emotional one. In, let me check. Oh. I think I might know where he's going uh, with this. this yeah, I have this, a feeling it's about, to, about to ruin our childhood, right? I was very into Greek mythology. <laughs> you know, I in third grade, a representative from Barnes & Noble came and gave, like, a discount for the last Olympian. Greatest moment of my life. And to knock it off, I was going to see it opening night at the Lincoln Square Cinema. Big moment. Big moment. 
huge moment. I go there. It's sold out. I was heartbroken. It was sold out. It was out. sold out opening night. And I I was sh- I was shattered and we bought tickets for a later date and I pleasantly awaited the arrival of Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. Oh god. Saddest experience of my life. <laughs> you know, I I'll be honest, I've never read the books. Um what? So I don't know. Okay, what get- I mean, that's so first sad. piece of hate mail goes to Zach <laughs> well, for never having I'm sure I'll get I'm sure I'll get hate Jackson. mail for that and for the fact that I've never read uh, Harry Potter as well. Um, and Zach, Zach, I, I I just never had. I don't know why. I was just not in my childhood. What did you I guess. read? You know, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't probably <laughs> something like that. I I don't remember what I read to be honest. Um, well, you know, one of them explains. A lot. I did read, and Eric and I were are going to talk about this after. Um, and that's it's actually going to be the next section. Uh, another very disappointing. I mean, I think this is going to be a common thing is that most books that are turned into movies are just usually god awful. Like, mm. I, I at least a lot of the, a lot of the kids books or teenage books, they're just not good movies. Like, Hunger Games might be an exception that they were like, oh, they were good enough. I mean, they weren't mind blowing. I don't mind a lot of the Harry Potter ones. That, I, mean, I be, think a lot of that's those are fair. Good. You know, I, 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 I think that's fair, but. I don't want to get into the, the other movie yet, but um, Order of the Phoenix. Yeah, I, you know, I I saw Percy Jackson once, and I watched it because I think they showed it in middle school one time, just you know, because a teacher was gone. You know, this classic sub shows a movie days. So like, yeah, it, it didn't seem it didn't. I, I've always loved mythology as well. Just didn't strike me as anything special. Way to ruin a perfectly good story. Like they changed all of the ages. The com- like the plot was completely different. It was like incredibly poorly acted like i think the character of annabeth i think her, his name is like alexander Andrew Dario. Dario. yeah unfortunate performance yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> all right eric what's your hot take then what are my we, hot take what's your hot take I, I'm, I'm i'm kind of curious about this so this is a zero to one star what, what did you rate is it half star or one star that's one of my half stars you have a, the hot take is a half star well, the hot take is a one and a half star, but it but is. But you're rounding down, okay. It is essentially all the Black Mirror. <laughs> wow. Really? Not even a hot take. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you. know, you. I, I'm going to be honest here. I, and I might be in the minority, I have not seen Black Mirror. I've seen maybe you don't two need to. episodes. You know, but that's funny because everyone talks so highly about it. You know, everyone... there's something about Black Mirror that just it's the type of show that thinks it's so smart and makes people who watch it like falsely think they're being so smart by watching it like most of the technological advancements in that show like are completely ridiculous in like to the point where like they would just be like completely stupid and, and implausible like i think the one i specifically said in white christmas was the the technology where they like where the AI actually has consciousness and to like make the AI ha- like work for you you have to torture it for eighty days. That's a very <laughs> odd specific plot and line. It's it's not only that it's that when they do these technological advancements and they have like sometimes they'll pose like interesting questions like there's that like social rating system episode or whatever. Yeah, I saw there, that one like, actually. I like that one. Episode. I thought that was like, pretty good. They never answer interesting questions with any sort of interesting dialogue in the sense that every single Black Mirror episode can essentially be dumped down to technology bad. There's almost zero yeah, nuance. But There's, like... 
it's really like don't you don't you think that there is something about those about the show that allows the viewer to kind of answer the questions themselves like do you do you not think that maybe the show is trying to say you know we're not necessarily saying they're bad but it's very much definitely so saying it's bad i like i mean i've only seen a few there's episodes like, to be fair i must i guess like san junipero 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 has like maybe like a different ending but most of them it's like very clear like their lives suck at the end and it's like if they wanted to like pose these questions like it's one thing to like stir these fears and start like and ask questions and like it's another thing like just say like just this blatantly and like this clumsily saying like the messages that black mirror has is <laughs> like just completely unnuanced and just not very good yeah i mean that's there's fair. also apart from that like there's something so sterile or something about the way black mirror is shot and i i haven't placed what it is it's in the like everything about like the way it's shot plus the way it's acted it's just like off and i, I can't tell what it is often i feel like it's overacted i can see that i think some of the episodes it feels I watched, like extremely overacted or something just feels really off or it's or it could just tie back to like the like suspension of disbelief because like that for me it never, it rarely passes that mark but yeah not yeah. a fan well do you guys have any other big zero to one stars before we uh go on caleb you got anything else my last one star which we really don't talk about very much <laughs> uh is m night Shyamalan's the happening never seen it actually uh, never seen it not is this the one with the plants this is the one with the plants. <laughs> you want to give us a short synopsis of this movie? I I almost just want to spoil it because that's the only way that you can understand horrible. All right, go ahead and spoil it. Spoiler so alert. Spoiler is coming, but that uh, the happening is it's basically a movie where people start just randomly dying. In in fact, taking their own lives usually. I. Uh, and people are trying to explain why this is happening. And Mark Wahlberg plays this science teacher. Mark Wahlberg plays this science teacher. Uh, one more time. Mark Wahlberg plays this <laughs> science teacher. And, and in one, you know, expositional scene, he's that it's establishing him as this science teacher. Wait, uh, wait, wait. Hang on. Just for clarification, does, does Mark Wahlberg play... A science teacher? Yes. Oh, okay. That's right. Yeah, okay. Uh, so wow. he's, he's like talking about bees or something. <laughs> As every science teacher does. And gotta watch out for those bee deniers. And <laughs> he's expl he's talking about this whatever phenomenon, whatever process these bees do. And then so he's explaining that, uh, that nobody knows why these bees do. They just do it. It's just that that's so that's like this elementary idea that they lay down. Nobody knows why these things are happening. They just happen. So then later, everybody's dying in this movie. Right. Uh, and, you know, everyone's just going insane and dying. And uh, that just happens for most of the movie. And then suddenly it stops. And then the explanation for. That you just for the movie that you just sat through for probably a couple hours watching, is that uh, well, it just happened and nobody knows why. Are you serious? There's no that way is that's the reveal. True. <laughs> oh my god! 
And on top of that, uh, leftovers theme begins to play. <laughs> <laughs> on top of that, just horrible. Most thing, Mark Wahlberg is wow. Zoe Deschanel is Zoe Deschanel wow. is in that movie. Indeed. Wow, that's what year was this? Uh, two thousand eight. Okay, this is before her uh, TV show days. Then I guess maybe not. Maybe she was still doing. But wow, uh, definitely M Night's worst. And I mean that's saying. Well, it's not saying too much, but <laughs> no, I mean, you know, for all those M. Night fans out there, you know, yeah, but it's... you know, I don't think I, I think I've only seen one movie. I don't think I've seen any, to be honest. I've seen Split, but I was, uh, I haven't seen Split. Very tired. Sleep in the middle. I think that the craziest thing you said, though, Caleb, was that Mark Wahlberg was playing a science teacher. That's right. I mean, that that's that, that's I mean, right there, I can see why it's at a, at a half star for you, but <laughs> oh no, I somehow. I uh, gave it a full star because full star. As, as, okay. I, as I wrote, Mark here, Wahlberg plays a science teacher. <laughs> I wrote in my in my review, but I laugh sometimes, so I guess I laugh. But <laughs> I, because because it was intentionally funny, I don't know. Can I please say this quote? Yeah, say that. Please read this this quote that hot dogs get a bad rap. Hot dogs get a bad rap. That is, that is a real and line also, from the movie. Quote: I don't like this woman. There's something exorcisty about her. <laughs> also a real interesting quote, adjective. A real line from the movie. Wow. So that's the happening. You can Dang. skip that one. I will definitely not be watching that one. All right. Well, you guys ready to move on? Is there any other really well, I guess we're still gonna be talking some mediocre movies now. Um I want to start this one off actually. Um because I have one that we were just talking about books, right? And Eric and I happened to read this book series in high school. And it was a book series, probably meant for oh middle my God. school kids, <laughs> and it's all about these teenagers or these kids. Please who, read this book series. It's a great book series, uh, phenomenal actually. But it's about these kids who are they? They're born on another planet, or yes, they're born on another planet. I, I forget. It's you been knew. so many years Can't since let... this happened. Okay, you explain. There's nine of them. They're born on another planet, and they were like, they're they were like exterminated by this other alien race and so they fled to earth but and get this there's nine of them they've been numbered one through nine and they must be killed in order one through nine and they all are going to manifest these magic powers it's a great book series it's actually incredible it's actually amazing um we we talked about this for a long time caleb's shaking his head right now unfortunately The movie was probably the most mediocre book film I've ever seen. Uh, maybe it's just because I love the book so much that I was what, like, "What's the movie called?" It's I called am "I Am Number yeah, That's what the series. I Am Number Four. Uh, that was the first book in the uh, entry. Number Four. It's like just the main a character. very typical teen movie made in you know, uh, you know, early two thousands, and it's just not great. It's you know, <laughs> they threw out, they they hired actors that just looked good on the screen, but really didn't add much and. It it just wasn't a good movie, uh, you know. Unfortunately, it wasn't. Um, but I have two more on here that are more serious. Two more that are okay. more more serious, and they were both movies that I actually I have a few more I'm gonna mention. Um, I'm just gonna kind of throw the throw them out real quick. Um, one of them is World War Z. Um, I give that movie a two stars. What a disappointing movie. Very. Is that the one with Brad Pitt? Brad Pitt. Yeah. Is that James Gray? No, that's Lost City of Z. Yeah, this is this is the, so World War Z is actually ba- again based off a book, and the book is phenomenal. Um, yeah, I guess I just say every book I've read is phenomenal, but I think to be that? honest, probably not many to be honest. Um, 
it was just it was not a great movie it just it was fine like i've seen it twice it doesn't wow me but you know i'm not even sure what what is that rated on letterbox it it can't be higher than like a 3 it has a 3.0 average you know i i i could see that some people you know cuz it was a zombie movie and you know it came out kind of when zombies were still a big thing um but yeah not great um the other uh ones real quick i want to mention uh vice Gave that a two-star rating. Something about Vice. Go ahead. Todd Phillips, director of Joker. <laughs> oh, Does he not seem to be taking this, like, part of Vice that I think seemed so bad to me is, like, how badly Adam McKay wants to be viewed as this, like, serious filmmaker. Yeah, he That's, did... like, a whole part of the discourse. And it... it seemed to me like Vice would have worked better as a comedy. Well, it was it was supposed to be. It was kind of that's what the viewer was kind of given, and you know what? There are parts in it that are funny, but there's parts in it that you know are just so weird. I don't know how to put it. It's just so uncomfortable to sit through, and it's not even because it's about Dick Cheney. It's just because it's just not a well done movie. The only two good things about that movie are the fact that Amy Adams is in it, and she's a phenomenal actress, and the fact that Dick Cheney is played by Christian Bale. The only two parts that are good about that movie, and otherwise, horrible film. Caleb, have you seen that movie? I have. Yeah, I, I, I likewise uh, was very, very, very disappointed. Um, I, I wrote in my review. I, I chalked it up to to five points. Uh, one, basically calling the whole runtime one, poorly written exposition that insults the audience's intelligence. Two, lazy and disruptive narration. Lots of, usually I'm not a big fan of that, but especially there, feel like it didn't work. Three, Christian Bale and Amy Adams trying to salvage any cinematic worth from the resulting mess. Uh, they they were great, yeah, great performances. I mean, especially Amy Adams. Gosh, she's been, well, we were Eric and I were talking about this. She's been phenomenal last, what, I mean, this last decade, but. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah this last decade. And between each scene, four, images that exploit viewers' greatest fears. Lots of uh Horrifying imagery uh, just plopped in there. Before five, uh, McKay pats himself on the back for his brazen manipulation tactics and dumbed-down narratives. Yeah, I guess I really was not happy it, after seeing this. It was a ridiculous movie. I, you know, and it was because it was because of how good the big short was that I think he thought I could do this again, but even better. And he he didn't. In fact, I think he did significantly worse. The Big Short is one of my favorite films. It, it's a great, I thought it's, I think it's a great film. Um, and I love The Big Short, but it was just, Vice was so disappointing. And I, and I saw it with my parents and I can tell you that they would agree. It was just not a good movie. Um, but moving on, I have two more real quick. Uh, one of them, just going to slide past because it's not the biggest one, but 10 Cloverfield Lane. Uh, we've talked about this a little bit between us. <laughs> What a bad ending to such a great movie. John Goodman, man. John Goodman. I mean, that's all I got to say. John Excellent. Goodman. What a fantastic actor. But that movie went from maybe a four in my book to a two in a matter of about 40 seconds. That's how bad it was. Because the ending just completely threw out any sense of rationality. It was just so ridiculous. I, 
I'm very it, disappointed by that movie. Classic example of trying to shoehorn something into franchise. Well, and, and, and like, you spend the whole time wondering between these two plot points. I don't want to spoil it because it's, I mean, I guess it's not that, you know, new of a movie. But it's just like, it totally makes you think something. And then you're like, what? Like, this makes no sense whatsoever. It's, and I understand Cloverfield's supposed to be part of this bigger Cloverfield story that has to do with, you know, other shit and that's why it ended up being like that but i don't know it it was bad um but lastly I'll, I'll, I'll be done now that way you guys can say yours but i just know that this one's gonna cause a debate because i know apparently caleb loves this movie but careful avatar what a horrible horrible movie uh well to be fair or i guess from from my point of view i've i've only seen avatar once and that was uh back when it opened in theaters, which I believe was 2009. Eight, maybe nine. Was it eight or nine? It might have been nine. I don't remember. I, you know, I, I, I want to defend this. I don't hate Avatar as much as I just said it was a horrible movie. I loved it the first time around, but re-watching okay. it has made me realize how much oomph it's missing. It's just it's just empty. It just feels very empty to me. I, I don't know why. You know, I don't know... I just felt like it was like so much focus, and I understand the wonders that you know James Cameron created on you know with the with the film and the you know the I, how beautiful it looked with the CGI. But it, I don't know. I, I know you might not agree. I mean, right? I I haven't seen it in nearly ten years, but I I remember going into the I such vivid memory watching this going into the theater. It was a daytime showing. I saw it at the uh, ArcLight Hollywood Cinerama oh. Dome. Oh. Uh, which, if you're ever in L.A., see a movie there. And that was the movie that opened me up to the power and the magic that Cinna possesses. I remember walking out of the theater, and it was still daytime, and I was confused why it was daytime. I, I just It really sucked me into that world about as strong as any movie has or I think ever, ever will. Uh, very few accepts to that claim i think uh, it just it was so so beautiful for this nine-year-old kid who who'd never experienced any like it so that that's and that's a lot that's the only time i've seen it so that's my memory well you know what? i'm not going to disagree with you i remember i mean i was you know i was obviously the same age as you and i and i thought it was great at the time too i just think i don't know maybe maybe i've gotten more cynical over the years but i think it just when i when i re-watch that movie it just seems that's not a movie to rewatch, not on a movie screen. That's the You know, and maybe that's it, doesn't it have, too. I think that's a film that is a lot, that is so much about the visual and like technological advancement around it that it's hard to separate it from a big thing. I mean, that's fair. And, you know, maybe it has to do with when it came out too because I think that movie was great when it came out because it, it, had, it had done things that had never been done before. You know, it was the first time that you had really, you know, sat through a movie like that and just were in awe. I mean, I remember being, you know, feeling kind of very similar. I, I And I, I still think it is a beautiful movie. Like, it looks good. Obviously, you know, CGI has improved a lot since then. But I think it's just... Honestly, I think CGI everyone, has since then? Everyone, everyone sin like, sees it as one of the best movies ever. And I'm just like, it's good enough, but it's, I don't know. What about you guys? What's some what's some one to two star range that you guys have? I'll go first. You know, 
maybe two months ago, Zach and I sat down to watch this movie. I'm I'm now calling this effect. Oh, you know, man. this this it's a it's a crazy coincidence how once you watch a movie, everyone seems to be talking about it. It's not even a new movie. Actually. It's not even a new movie. It came out in 2013 by maybe the most overrated director of the decade, Denis Villeneuve. 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 It's called Prisoners, and I'm calling this the Prisoners Effect because we watched this movie. We did. First of all, we'll get into the nitty-gritty later, but after we watched this movie, I've seen it everywhere. Everyone talks about it. I, I hear about this movie maybe at least two or three times a week in my classes. It was on the Pomona Instagram the other day. Like, it's everywhere. Like, And before that, I had almost never seen much discourse around it. People love this movie. People, it's ridiculous to me. Okay. And Caleb, you, you've never seen this, right? You've never actually seen this movie? I have not. Okay. Yes. He, it, was the, it was the same year. It's the same director as Enemy. Yes. They both came out the same year. Enemy, but, I, I wasn't. Uh... Enemy is one of the better ones. I think my favorite one from this. I, I want you to explain why, why okay. Prisoner Search. Because okay. I agree with you. I very much so, agree with you. And I watched it with you. And so I, I really it's about, want you to vocalize this. It's about the um, dad, essentially, who's played by Hugh Jackman. And... They go to this dinner party with one of their neighbors, and both of their daughters go missing. And so there's this, like, mad scramble to um, to find these daughters. And there's this huge police investigation as well with um, Jake Gyllenhaal playing this lead. And the main story just centers around this investigation, but there's also this big morality play with um, Hugh Jackman catching this person who he thinks is a suspect named Paul Dano. And essentially 20 to 30 minutes of this movie is Hugh Jackman torturing Paul it's Dano. Brutal. Like, it's really brutally. brutal, like, dude. I'm it's not going to lie. ridiculous. But, which would have been fine. I think what this film suffers from is, I think a lot of Vill- Vill- Villeneuve's, like, movies suffer from this feeling of construction for me. Like, for me, like, a film like Arrival suffers from a feeling of, like, a gotcha moment at the very end of it that's completely constructed to make you feel that way. And this is sort of sort of the same way, but in the sense that this in, the entire film, like he tortures Paul Dano for so long, yet nothing comes of it. There's he there's no moral or physical repercussion for it. And in like a roundabout way, it leads to him finding his daughter. In like a tangential way that doesn't really matter, but like sort of helps him if it, it creates these questions that don't have any sort of like in sort of a way that black mirror does that doesn't have any sort of meaningful dialogue uh, no i i i i felt like 60 percent of that movie was just thrown thrown out the window at the end just thrown out the window like it's almost like you know what you just sat here and watched this for an hour and a half none of that stuff matters anymore yeah i, I it it just felt insulting Yes, yes. I think it. it's just like, it's just so strange to me that he would create these questions of like morality and like ethics in like an investigation like this. And there's like, it doesn't even like try to delve into like how like Hugh Jackman deals with it. And I think another part of it that struck me was once that part had sort of sunk in, it sort of seemed like, the kidnapping of the children and everything happened as the children was just a stunt to get you to really care. And it almost felt exploited to me. There's 
it's just not great. It's two and a half hours long. And there's so many movies that are the exact same thing that are just so much better. Something like, like Memories of Murder, Bong Joon-ho's Memories of Murder, or like Silence of the Lambs, like movies like that, like are lit- quite literally prisoners, but better. Yeah, I was very disappointed by it. So, I mean, I'm with you. It's a good segue for me, speaking of movies that uh, leave you with a gotcha moment at the end and expect you to consider the film a masterpiece. Um, I'm talking here about The Usual Suspects. Um, I've never seen this. <laughs> you don't need... Well, actually, I think it's good to watch this one. It's, it's, it's good to watch this one. Cinephiles everywhere love this movie, but I did not... Uh, follows this group of criminals essentially who they're the usual suspects they're the usual suspects <laughs> uh they it's in the name they're trying to pull off a job and there's also this, this huge uh unknown criminal mastermind that that's that's a huge part of the picture but basically what this movie does is lie to your face for the entire runtime until about the final five minutes when they say, okay, everything you just saw didn't actually didn't happen. Actually happen. <laughs> and this is the real truth. And they give it to you in like... Wow, your two-star movies have a theme. <laughs> they give it to you in, in, in a, a few minutes. They say, this is what actually happened. And then the movie ends. And... Clearly, you're expected to be like, "Wow, that was so amazing! They really, they they tricked me. They, uh, they really laid this out so brilliantly. I never saw it coming." But you couldn't see the ending coming because they literally lied to you. Everything you see on screen before that reveal was a literal fabrication, and I don't know how how you can be expected to applaud that. I don't know. I think this is probably the the one of the worst, if not the single worst, movies to rewatch because you realize how much time you just wasted. That's what I thought too. Like I thought this movie was fine. I I sort of enjoyed it the first time I watched it, but then I rewatched it in my senior year of high school for a class, and it was just incredibly boring. Like it's so hard after you see it once to care about it again because you know it better. No, I, I haven't seen this movie, but I I think. What's interesting to me is that I know one movie that's going to come up later. I feel like it's very similar, but it does it in such a more sophisticated, tasteful manner that it doesn't necessarily lie to you, but you don't know everything. And we're going to end up talking about that way later on because I know it's a movie that we all think very highly of. But I, 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 I'm kind of curious, what is the difference? Like, what, what, what was you just thought that it was just too much lying? You just thought it was just like. It you just felt like a waste. It wasn't. It wasn't as if they dropped cl- clues throughout the movie, and then if you were smart enough to pick up on them, you could try and piece the puzzle together. It's that they dropped false evidence that you had no reason to believe was false, and handed it to you as true, and asked you to become invested in a story of this false evidence. And then at the end, you figure out the evidence is false, and that. Uh, the truth has nothing to do with what you've just been presented. And, you know, you're expected to think that this movie was some brilliant masterclass of planning and execution, but it's just not that smart. They just told you one story and then said, okay, forget all that. Here's an 
ending to a different story, and I don't know how you can come away sad as that. Yeah, well, I mean that's fair. Well, do you guys have? Is there any? What what other two to three stars do you guys have? We're gonna get into an argument on this one. Oh, okay. Well, I'm I'm not gonna talk. Uh, this is my two star movie, but I'll let Eric oh defend God. it. Uh, I was not a I, big yeah, about fan. To, am I about to be upset? I don't think you've seen it. I was not a okay. big fan of David Lynch's Mulholland Drive. Oh, I know Eric loves that movie. He sure does. <laughs> Eric gave this four and a half stars. Wow. Eric, why did you do that? Okay, okay. You say this is a film that I think can easily be seen as another gotcha moment. But like when I watched this film, it just felt like a crazy, like nightmarish puzzle. I think the difference between something like Mulholland Drive and The Usual Suspects is that Mulholland Drive has its hints throughout. Like, you can tell... Okay, I guess I'll just explain the premise. But Mulholland Drive is about um, two two women, essentially. One of them is named Rita. One of them is named Rita, and one of them is named Betty. Um, And Betty is like a new actress who's just like moved to LA to like chase her acting dreams and she runs into Rita who's like unfortunately like escaping some mysterious person who like tried to who just tried to kill her and is like and have been like hiding out in her aunt's house that she was renting out of and i don't want to explain what it what the final twist is because i feel like this is like a good movie type yeah i'm kind of kinda curious i don't i don't but Everything switches maybe 30 minutes into the movie. But the difference is, I feel like there's legitimate hints. Like, I felt like I was piecing together a puzzle. That, in the sense that where, like, the usual suspect lies to you, Mulholland Drive purposefully, like, lets you know that there's something wrong. I think it comes into the lighting. Like, the lighting in that first... Like, think of when she's just coming out of the airport that extremely bright lighting, the acting. Like, I was, I think maybe, like, 20 minutes in, I was so confused, because it's purposely horrendous. Like, everything in there sounds like a used car commercial. But it, like, it gives you hints, and I think... Actually, the clearest example of that is the the jump scare in the diner. You, um... There's, like, a police... There's two police officers... There's two police officers, right? Talking, and they go out to the back of this diner and behind this like idyllically like set suburban neighborhood is maybe the most terrifying jump scare I've seen in my life. (laughs) It's just all this idea that there's something like sinister lurking behind the surface that in my mind, I had sort of had seen myself building to it all throughout. And I think there were also a lot of really, really nice scenes for me throughout that first half. There's one scene where Betty is going in for an audition and the night before she had rehearsed it with um, Rita. And the night before when they rehearse it, she's like not good at all. And she goes into this audition and the, um, the man that's her like, is it like an audition partner? Is like casting director? The the guy, the the reader, I guess is, like, very obviously, like, extremely creepy. And there's this feeling that, like, Betty is this just completely naive girl. And it's... I don't want to say what happens, but it's completely disarming. And I think it's very well done. 
it is very atmospherical, which I think connects to a lot of your points, but idea that the atmosphere uh, provided, uh, that the atmosphere is trying to, 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 and I felt ultimately, what did the movie amount to? Not much, in my opinion. Uh, there was just a lot of weird stuff going on uh, that just never got its closure uh, and not not say that you know you have to have closure in every movie a lot of unexplained weird stuff that just seemed to happen and why did it happen why why do i care that it happened i never found myself answering to me mulholland drive feels like a film that's not maybe there's some message underlying it about like how we delude ourselves or whatever but it felt to me just like a really atmospheric and like a very fun, like almost like a horror puzzle movie. A horror puzzle movie. What is the puzzle? It's trying to figure out what is happening in the first and in and and it's it makes sense in the fact that I don't know. Just like when I thought about it, I think I had a similar experience. Like I think in my original review, I said, I said something about like. Well, I I did after I watched it sort of question whether it was like a cheap trick. And I think once I thought about I don't remember a lot of like specifics, but it just makes so much sense after it happens that it felt satisfying enough for me. Like it felt like a lot of things got explained for me. That's our disconnect right there then. <laughs> well, I mean, we're going to have I think as we get closer to our higher rated movies, we're gonna have some disagreements. I think oh, I just wish this is a that's a film that I want to like rewatch. Well, I would, rewatch you know now Maybe, that I know. I, I'll watch it with you because I think it'd yeah, be. I have the criterion. Oh, perfect! Then we will definitely watch it. <laughs> All right, I think we should definitely move on to the two three stars. Do you guys have any last like gotta say movies before we move on to? Okay, no. um, sorry, I know I took a little bit of time up in that last one. Um, I'm gonna let you guys start. Um, two to three stars. So I, you know, I think of this as a movie that's pretty average you know eric and i were talking about this last night we said a three movie is a movie that you would you would rewatch. like you would actively be okay with rewatching. a three is movie if someone asked me to watch it with them i would be like sure but not never something like this isn't like obviously but like this is something like this isn't like a distinct like criteria but yeah no i i think there's some movies that i'm gonna mention that i would i have gone out of my way to rewatch but some i would agree i would not but i i, I think a two to three star range is definitely very can be it's very... either that or something where there's like i like some parts of it but there's very glaring issues with it yeah and it's, it's like a i'm gonna average. start Go ahead. with a semi-hot take but semi-hot i think caleb take. agrees with me a hot take. <laughs> what is the hot take alfred hitchcock's psycho i've actually never seen it another movie i have never seen I know all about it, of course. Um, I've been spoiled the movie, not Incredibly really. Incredibly overrated film. In it's, my personal opinion. It's of the Hitchcocks I've seen. You don't like Alfred Hitchcock, though, do you? Watch Rear Window. That's what I'd say. That's your number one? As of right now, that's my number one. I still haven't seen Vertigo yet, but... Have you seen The Birds? I've heard that's phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have heard... I've, the only other ones I've seen are Strangers on a Train, which... I just want to say it was like, I, I hate to say it because I, I like old movies, but Strangers on a Train was boring. <laughs> like, wow. it really just is. And also North by Northwest, which I wasn't a huge, wasn't a huge fan, fan of. What do you, you, you agree with the Psycho uh, rating, Caleb? 
Yeah, I think Eric even rated Psycho higher than I did. Um, so you think it's very overrated? Yeah, I gave it a solid key. Um, it's not bad for you though. Three stars. No, no, it's it's not. It wasn't like a bad movie, but compared to the acclaim that it has received, especially for uh, <laughs> elements that I thought were especially poor. That's what I okay. I I mentioned this in my film class the other day, and people were like offended, but. There are good things to it. I do like some of the cinematography in this. Like, in the, there's some real... Before it goes off the chains, which I'll explain later, there's some really nice long, long takes in there. that, And I think some of the set design, especially the Bates Mansion, felt like it was very well designed for me. But I think I'm going to frame this all around the shower scene as to talk about my complaints with this film. And it is... So the shower scene, I hope everyone knows what the shower scene is. She's in the shower. This Is this a spoiler? I think by this point. You yeah, probably know the shower scene. Everyone I know knows and the I've never seen the movie. Okay, so. she's in the shower and she's about to get stabbed. There's all this these shots of her in the shower and it's very slow. And you do feel the tension. I, I personally feel the tension, especially sort of knowing what's going to happen. But... It stays on her for, like, abnormally long amounts of time. You start to see a shadow creep up from behind the curtain. And then when it when she does actually get stabbed, this absolutely horrendously just ridiculous soundtrack starts playing. He shows up. He is, like, an automaton. It's edited. I know there's something to be said about, like, each, each cut is a stab. But it's edited so so quickly it just like it's completely overwhelming and her screaming is you know in blo- if everyone's if anyone's ever seen brian de palma's blowout her screams remind me of some of those screams in the beginning of blowout like <laughs> it is it's something there's something to be said about the fact that like at my screening every time someone died there is like a lot there are people laughing yeah, yeah i yeah, I've seen the scene actually, and I I, I agree with it. Yeah, I, I won't I won't nitpick the the score there or even the screen, uh, but the cuts are just. There's a whole documentary about the shower scene called Seventy Eight Fifty Two, which is all about how this shower scene took seventy eight setups <laughs> and had fifty two cuts. That's cel- insane. Celebrating how. This this thing that just looks bad. That's that just you can't. I I don't understand the motivation for how frequently and jarringly they they cut. I mean, I metaphorically you can make that claim. But it doesn't it, create it the does, effect. It doesn't though. create the effect. It doesn't look good. It just looks silly. Another scene. There's a scene uh, where someone falls down some stairs. A character falls down some <laughs> stairs, and that is. <laughs> One of the silliest shots I have ever seen in a movie, and it's celebrated because you know, you know, the I director's know name is Hitchcock, yeah. so it's great. Yeah. Also, I will say, I think especially compared to, shoot, tell me now. Um, especially compared to Anthony Perkins. Shoot, how did I forget Anthony Perkins? Janet Lee's performance feels very overacted to me. I think <laughs> there's a scene. When she's at like a, when she's at a car rental place trying to trade in her car because there's a police officer. First of all, when she sees this police officer, she, she the officer's like, "Hey, miss, 
are you doing anything wrong? She goes, <laughs> no, no way I would be. Like, it, it, it's, it's almost exact. It's, it's like the funniest thing in the world. And she goes into this car rental place. She's like, she's like, I need it now. And he's like, and the car rental guy's like, oh, for what reason? Like, this isn't usual at all. She's like, oh, no reason. Like, perfectly normal reason. Like, it's almost like she said, it, 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 it comes off like that. I, I think what brings the movie up to a three for me is, is Anthony Perkins is phenomenal. Anthony Perkins is so good in it. And the script, I don't, I don't like the how the script ends it. Uh, the script, the script's ending. The final monologue. Yeah, that that mm. just it, the script's ending. Uh, there's a big exposition dump, which is quite unfortunate. But for the most part, I think the script is pretty solid. It is. Uh, it does something rev pretty. It's at the time revolutionary with a main character. Mm-hmm. Um, but just some really ridiculous moments that it, I can't get past. It is. I have just rad like ragged on it for like a couple minutes, but it is one of my more liked Hitchcocks. I, Anth- I cannot like overrate Anthony Perkins' performance. Fair enough. All right, you guys got any more? I mean, what other, what other, what other uh, you know what? Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna point one out real quick. Um, I think it's a more recent one for sure, and I, I hadn't seen this director's previous movie, which I know everyone loves this movie so much, and I, and I will get around to watching it. But around, I think this time last year, maybe maybe it was only like eight months ago, I'm not sure, um, a new horror-ish movie came out called Us. And it was, after Get Out, it was, you know, his supposed to be his next masterpiece. You know, everyone loved Get Out. And I've, I've never seen it, and I've heard it's a great movie. But Us, to me, is a very average movie. It's just average. Like, it doesn't do anything particularly well. It leaves so many elements hanging. You know, there's this whole thing about the rabbits and this whole thing about, you know, the fact. And I, this is going to be, you know, some big spoilers for this movie. The, the fact that, you know, she gets swapped way when she's young and all this thing that you're supposed to believe happens. It, it just doesn't almost make sense. It almost just feels like, oh, we, you know, this is how he wanted to make it seem like a little bit even like just more. And, you know, rather for what it, what it was. Like, and it makes sense. There's certain elements that make perfect sense. I don't know. I just felt like there was a lot missing from Do that you know movie. what ruined us? What? I think they gave Jordan Peele too much creative control and too much budget. Really? Why do you why do you think that ruined it though? Why specifically? It's because it let him go off the rails. <laughs> it let it's it's it could have been good if he had just pared down so much more conceptually. There's so many loose ends. There so many. I don't I, I don't think, think I've seen a movie in a while that has had that many thing loose ends. That, the biggest issue with like loose ends don't matter that much if you have the suspension of disbelief. And I think he tried to do so much. Like, I think the beauty of Get Out is, one, it's concept. And two, it feels so concise. It feels so clean. And Us is the exact opposite. Us, to me, feels so contrived and convoluted. And I think that just comes down to maybe if he had a less like lesser butt something, maybe that would have helped it. Caleb, how do you feel about Us? Uh, pretty similar to both you guys. Uh, Get Out... I've seen four times, and I've written more about Get Out than any other film. 
Uh, I find new things in it every time. It's it it holds up so well. Get Out is just a incredibly incredibly smart movie, and that intelligence just is not on display for us. Uh, at least n- not even close to the extent uh, to which Get Out uh, shows it. <laughs> My review is basically just just questions me me watching the movie and and going back and saying I don't understand <laughs> this like this doesn't make sense and as far as I can tell there just are a lot of plot holes or as Eric mentioned contrivances uh, that make you that take you out of of the movie you know it it it's entertaining enough. For sure, but uh, compared to Get Out, just a big disappointment. Yeah, that is fair. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. <laughs> it, it, it. Yeah, you know, it's like I said, it's it's a three. I think I rated it three. It was a fine film. Um, it just wasn't, I guess. And I and I never I never even knew the hype behind Get Out and how amazing it was. So I went in blank. You know, I went in expecting something probably even less than what people who saw Get Out were. What were you doing? Missing the hype around Get Out. <laughs> I, I wow. I, never, I mean, I never, I just you know never what he watched was doing? it. He was living in Montana. I was living in he Montana. He was reading Harry Potter, obviously. All right, let's do one, let's do one more. Eric, I mean. Caleb. Uh, Caleb, you, you, let's do one more. What's one more two to three star movie that you just feel like is a perfect two to three star for you? Three stars, hot take, Jurassic Park. Wow. The original Jurassic Park. The original. Park. Wow. Which, well, and I know it, I guess I'm not in position to say this after my deep connection to Avatar, but uh, I think <laughs> I think it it suffers a lot from nostalgia, or it doesn't suffer. It's it's being boosted by by nostalgia, and it what was what was it, this movie? It wasn't scary. Uh, it wasn't like a dinosaur horror movie. It wasn't you know a great drama. It wasn't particularly funny. It just kind of played out you know the dinosaurs were were you know there but i think that the filmmakers you know spielberg kind of just was able to rely or coast on the fact that dinosaurs were there and that people were going to come see the dinosaurs and be blinded by the dinosaurs and that let them get away with a script that is very superficial uh without exploring deeply any great theme, I don't think. Uh, Let me ask you, Caleb. Um, I'm, I'm just kind of curious. Um, what What is the highest rated Spielberg movie you have? I have not seen many. So I, it's, I believe it's E.T. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm just curious. Four stars. Also, catch me if you can. I gave four stars. You guys are gonna hate this. Mine is, I think, Bridge of Spies. <laughs> I've never seen it. And I've this never is seen when it. Eric gets removed. From the <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, for me, Jurassic Park ended up feeling me watching this for the first time in in 2018 when I was when I was 18. So not you know I didn't get to experience the awe of. Of you know being a child, I didn't see it on a big screen. I didn't get to look up and see these dinosaurs in huge picture. But to me, it it ended up feeling like just a run of the mill survival film that happened to to feature dinosaurs, and that is like a huge selling point. But you know, a movie like like Crawl came out this year, this summer, and that was a pretty run of the mill survival film. 
but if we you know as, as a society viewed alligators as uh as like high, uh, yeah as exotic or highly as we see dinosaurs and if that came out in 1993 when that when technology <clears throat> wasn't as advanced then we might be calling that a classic which it does not deserve to be i mean that's fair you know i i I think it's hard too because I think it is. I, I think no matter how you view it, I think a lot of older movies suffer from that nostalgic factor, um, especially when we're showed them by our parents. And you know, I, I've seen Jurassic Park. There's there's a difference a lot though. Of times. I haven't seen Jurassic Park in a long time. I barely remember it. But there's a clear difference to me, and even just terror between something like Jurassic Park and the type of terror or horror in a film like The Thing or Alien, which are even like decades older than Jurassic. Yeah, that's fair. Well, um let's uh let's get ready uh to let's move on to the uh four uh three to four star range. 